Hi, I'm Rico Tice, a pastor of a church called All Souls in London. Most of us wonder, is there something more to life? The Finding More podcast tells the stories of 11 people who asked that question and found the answer. In this episode, we spoke to Nikki. Nikki's family was a conventional one. She grew up in a small village as the youngest of four girls. One day, her older sisters told her they'd become Christians. She was scared of how their lives would change. But then, she started to investigate it for herself. Is there something more to life? It's time to find out. When one of Nikki's older sisters became a Christian, she sent Nikki her testimony, the story of how it happened. I remember reading it and thinking, oh no, she's completely lost the plot. Almost two decades later, and Nikki is sharing her own story of how she lost the plot herself. We're in the church building where it happened. She doesn't live in the area anymore, but coming into this church, she says, feels like coming home. Not that she's always felt that way. She remembers her first impressions on coming here with her sisters before she became a Christian. I loved the singing, but otherwise it was all a bit weird. People got out these notebooks during the sermon to jot things down in, and I was thinking, right, the Bible is open, people are writing, and the person at the front is just not stopping talking. Very strange. The church thing didn't sit with me. I felt like my community, my church if you like, were the people I hung out with. I loved music, drama, and going out, and I felt like that was what my soul needed, rather than anything else. I guess I didn't think I needed church or Christianity. Nikki had a conventional, happy childhood, growing up in a very sweet village, as the youngest of four girls. Three sisters! How was that? I ask. I have one, and it's enough. Oh, it wasn't too complicated. She laughs. But on reflection, she realises that maybe it was at least a little bit complicated. I suppose there was that constant comparison. And as I got older, I just wanted to be different to my sisters. They were all very good girls, and I didn't want to be good. I loved drinking and smoking and doing everything that I knew they didn't. I was just trying to be my own person. When, one by one, her older sisters became Christians after they had left home, Nikki thought they were crazy. I thought of myself as more independent than they were. So while I was fine with them believing what they wanted, you know, whatever made them happy, I knew I definitely didn't need religion. But they kept trying to tell me about Jesus. They were pretty nice about it, but it made me uncomfortable. There was one particular conversation that stuck in Nikki's mind. My sister and I were talking about Christian things, and she got quite upset and said, The problem is, Nikki... Unless you believe this, you're going to go to hell. I think she'd got to the point where she'd tried being soft and gentle. We'd had lots of conversations. She'd given me stuff to read, but I wasn't taking it seriously. After she said that, I totally closed down. I thought, well, if that's what it's about, then I'm never going to become a Christian. Then a major terror attack hit the headlines. By this point, Nikki was working as a teacher. I was at school and it was a really busy day. But I remember putting on the news in the classroom at the end of the day, watching the footage and feeling confused, just thinking, 
How could anybody do that? It totally blew my mind. I remember that night. It was going round and round and round and round in my head. A few days later, a friend went to a church to sit and think and see if he could find some answers in the piece there. And I just thought, what's the point of that? I couldn't make head nor tail of what was going on in the world, and I was angry. It was in the wake of this terror attack that Nikki's sister invited her to a course her church were running for people who wanted to investigate Christianity. Nikki had turned down similar invitations in the past, but now she had a reason to accept. I was so cross with my sisters that they could believe in a God who had let that happen. If there was a God, why didn't he stop it? So I thought I would go once to tell all those Christians how stupid they were. But once became twice, and Nikki kept going along, mainly because her sister was pregnant, and she liked having a reason to see her week by week, and bond with the bump. Yet slowly, the things she heard started to have an impact too. We had these booklets as part of the course. It's really funny now when I look at it, because the back pages are full of questions that I had. I didn't know anything about who Jesus was, so I had a lot of questions. But as time went on, a lot of them weren't really questions I cared about. They were a barrier I put up because I didn't want to believe what I was hearing. But at the same time, I was really curious. And the Christians leading the course were really nice. So lovely and so patient. And bit by bit, things started to piece together in my mind. It was like Jesus walked off the pages of the Bible. The more I read it, what had seemed like a completely foreign language began to make sense. Jesus was starting to figure in my mind as a real person. I loved how when he said that something would happen, it happened. He was totally trustworthy, and he loved people. I wanted to be a part of that, but I also didn't want to be a part of it. It scared me thinking about what would have to change if I was to follow him. At the end of the course, Nikki's sister gave her testimony to the group, explaining why she was a Christian. Nikki was invited to follow it up by giving her half-testimony, explaining why she was interested, but still not decided. When the church ran it again in the new year, this time I was more open to stuff. I was beginning to read the Bible more myself, just a little bit in the mornings or whenever. I was becoming more and more curious and going along to different events with my sisters at their churches. I got to the stage where I understood the gospel, the message about Jesus, and I thought it was real, but still didn't want to commit to it. I remember meeting a Christian friend of my sister's outside church one Sunday. He asked me how things were going, and I explained. He said to me, Nikki, it's like you're dangling on the edge of a cliff by a piece of rope that bit by bit is just starting to go. So you have to make the choice to grab hold of the rope and pull yourself up. God's got you, but unless you make that choice, the rope is going to break. So why was she holding back? I was scared of what that would mean for me and what people would say and how life would change. I felt I would have to give up all the things I considered fun and I knew that if I became a Christian, it was likely that I would lose friends. I didn't want to be lonely. I knew from the conversations I'd had with my friends about my sisters that they would think I was a hypocrite if I became a Christian too. The turning point came when Nikki heard a sermon based on these words of Jesus. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road 
that leads to life, and only a few find it. Matthew seven thirteen to 14 Whereas previously, Nikki had thought people were weird for writing notes during a sermon, now she was the one with her pen out. As the preacher was talking, I started drawing on the back of a service sheet, the narrow gate leading to a narrow road, and a broad gate leading to a broad road, and I just knew that right there, in that moment, it was like I was at the crossroads. I had a choice. I could carry on down the broad road, living life my own way. In some ways, that looked like the more comfortable, more enjoyable option, but I knew it ultimately led to a dark, fearful place. Hell. That word just kept coming up, and it's not a made-up place. It's real. Or I could choose this very brilliant, bright, narrow road that led to Jesus. He's the one who makes sense of life now, and who gives eternal life in the future. As I listened to that sermon, it became absolutely crystal clear that I had to choose one or the other. So a couple of days later, I stepped onto the narrow road. I prayed to Jesus and just said, I'm sorry, I know I've stuffed up life by myself. I need you to forgive me. And even though I'm scared... I know you've got me, and I know you love me, and I know this is the right choice. That, says Nikki, is what being a Christian is all about. Following Jesus. But not like you might take a vague interest in a celebrity. It's like a friend. In order to get to know my friends more, I want to spend time with them. So the way I get to know Jesus more is by spending time with him. I do that by reading his word and speaking to him in prayer and spending time with his family with other Christians, as part of a church. Jesus isn't a figment of my imagination. I really relate to him. He gave his life for me. That's the most amazing thing that anybody could ever do for somebody. Why wouldn't I want to spend time getting to know him and enjoying his company? But how much fun did she have to give up when she became a Christian? I still have fun now, she protests, laughing. Then she adds more seriously. I don't want this to sound judgmental. It's just how it was for me. Before I became a believer, my life centred around getting drunk. I'd spend most of my nights at bars or clubs with a view to meeting a guy that I could have sex with and who would hopefully end up as a boyfriend. To me, for a long while, that was fun. But looking back, it was all kind of a mask. I was hiding, trying to be someone that deep down I wasn't. I was trying too hard, and if I'm honest about it, I genuinely wasn't happy. But now I know Jesus loves me unconditionally, and following him gives me the confidence to be who I really am. He makes me more myself, more the person I'm meant to be. It sounds strange, but the way he makes me into the person I'm meant to be is by changing me to be more like him. Bit by bit, day by day. But I'm definitely still a work in progress. Telling her friends about her decision to become a Christian was as hard as Nikki expected it to be. The first few times I met up with my friends, I ended up getting drunk with them because it seemed normal. But gradually I didn't feel comfortable doing that anymore, and that brought a little bit of distance into some of my relationships. But I knew the only way I could live as a Christian was to be true to who Jesus wanted me to be. At first I was kind of apologetic for becoming a Christian when I told people because I was afraid of what they would say. I remember meeting up with one friend from school, and she asked me, So, how are your Bible-bashing sisters? And I had to say, Actually, I've become one. I don't think she could quite believe it. 
Those early days and months as a Christian were exciting too. There'd been so much of a build-up to becoming a Christian, and now suddenly there was this kind of relief that I'd finally said yes to Jesus. It's funny, she says, laughing. That first day after I became a Christian, I was in this bubble of excitement. And then I had a really terrible day at work. I left earlier than I would normally, and I bumped into this girl who lived near me as I was crossing the road. It turned out that she had become a Christian the day before too. She'd left her keys at work and couldn't get into her house. So we both had really bad first days as Christians. We ended up going for coffee and having a really good chat. We realised that it probably wasn't a coincidence that we'd met. Whereas Nikki had read the Bible before, now the way that she read it changed. I just remember being so excited about reading it every day. When I was reading the Bible before I became a Christian, I was trying so hard to prove it was wrong. But now as I was reading it, I just genuinely wanted to know what it said. Now, 16 years on, I asked Nikki what her younger self would make of her life now. I think she would probably be quite amazed that I've stuck at being a Christian. Life hasn't turned out how I thought it would. I thought I'd be married with kids by now. But I'm not, she says, her tone suddenly revealing a more vulnerable side beneath the bubbly exterior. I've had a really tough time recently. I've been off work for a bit with anxiety and depression. Life can be hard. There are times when I think back to that decision at the crossroads and wonder, would it be easier to go back down onto the wide road? But I can't. And deep down, I don't want to either. I can't leave the truth of who Jesus is. I can't forget what he's done for me. I know that he's got me, even when it feels like I'm in a pit. However bad I'm feeling and however dark things are, it's like there's still this tiny shaft of light, she says, raising a hand with her fingers pinched together and starting to smile again. And that light is Jesus. That's the amazing thing about God. Once he's got you, he just doesn't let you go. To find out more about Christian Explored, visit christianexplored.org. And to purchase the book Finding More, visit thegoodbook.co.uk forward slash finding more.